because this is a, the, the part eight of the study on manifesting in abundance the kingdom way. That, and by part eight, I means we've gone through uh, the book of Mark chapter four, seven weeks, and we still haven't finished the whole, the whole Mark chapter four, you know, we still got, I think we only got to like uh, 26, <laughs> verse 26, and there are 41 verses in Mark chapter four. So imagine uh, we've been studying for seven weeks, well, what, an hour, two hours at a time, and we're still only halfway through one book, Mark chapter 4. That's how powerful the Word of God is. And if you go back and restudy it in a, a year or so, it'll give you completely more information from the same thing that you study. As I sit down and study this to teach it again, I've taught it several years ago. Uh, man, I've gotten more revelation and more revelation on, on it, you know. And manifesting an abundance doesn't mean just money. Everybody thinks that, you know, some churches that just believe in money. No, manifesting an abundance means God is an abundant God on everything that you ask him. I mean, in, in your life, in your health, in your home, in your children, in your favor with other people, you know. I mean, you go to a place and you think you're going to pay so much and they give it to you free, you know. I mean, people come to your house and help you out, and then you want to pay them. They say, no, 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 I don't, you know. I mean, it's favor. Hallelujah. Y'all don't think, y'all don't believe me, do you? You're so quiet, you know. Thank you, Jesus, you know. <laughs> oh, so are you ready for part eight? That's a question I'm going to ask. Who's ready for part eight? How many first-time visitors? Do we have any first time here that you're not here for the first time? Or the second or third, okay. Have you have you gotten a a, a syllabus uh, a prosperity by John Osteen? Can can one of the ushers take give them two and then they can share it with their with their relatives. This is treasure right here. Treasure from a man of God, a general of the faith. He's gone on to be with the Lord, but you know, created a lot of fanatics like me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Any anybody had never gotten one of this? Oh, there's one right here. I think I just got one left. And if you if you want if you haven't, we I got more in the office. But I'd like to bless you. Raise your hand again. Right there. Yeah, if there's more, there's I have some in the office. You can bring them. You know, they're in my, in my behind my desk. Yeah, Hallelujah. Any, how many so he can go get to, uh, one, two, yeah, three. Okay, good. Yeah, he can get you some. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. So we covered already Mark chapter 4, 1 through 26. So, so now, since we already covered that, we should all know that the kingdom of God is like a man that casts seed into the ground, right? And that's heavy. The kingdom of God, everything about our kingdom, our kingdom, and we're kingdom citizens. The way you, 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 you want to compare what is the kingdom about, it's like a man sowing seed. Don't forget that and understand it. That means that everything that comes out of your mouth is a seed. That means you can create like God creates by, the, by what you say with your words because every word is a seed. And every seed grows. And every, every, every seed in the kingdom of God grows up. Everybody say up. There is no downward growth in the kingdom of God. 
Then he sleeps and wakes up. So the kingdom of God is like you sow seed and then you go to sleep. The kingdom of God is not a place where you, go to, you don't go to sleep because you're worried or you're concerned or you're anxious. If you're a kingdom citizen, then you're supposed to be asleep. And whatever your request was, you, you, you said it, and then God takes over. And then you go to sleep and wake up. It's like a man sowing seed, like a farmer sowing seeds. He, he sows it in the ground, and he goes to sleep and wakes up. He don't know what's going on under the ground. He has no control over that. But yet, all of a sudden, several weeks later or days later, you see a little, little green thing sticking out of the ground. Well, he knows that he, he saw the seed that he sowed, but he didn't know what happened under the ground. That was God working. So while you're asleep, God's working. And that's important to know so that you don't ever say, well, I can't sleep. What do you mean you can't sleep? You know, you should be the best sleepers in town, you know, the kingdom citizens. Hallelujah. All right, so let's, let's start with Mark chapter 4, verse 30 to 34 in the King James. And put it, put it on the screen, you know. I, I think I can see it better up there than I in my notes. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he said, Whereunto where shall liken the kingdom of God, or with what comparison shall we compare it? Remember, you're a kingdom citizen, so you want to know this. And he said, whereunto shall we, uh, oh, it is like a grain of mustard seed, he said, which when it's sown in the earth, it is less than any seeds that, that, and, uh, that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up, every side grows up, and becomes greater than all herbs, and shooteth out great branches, so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadows of it. Now, remember, he's talking in parables, but you gotta, that's why you have to open your ears of your understanding, all right? Instead of like, you know, like, well, I don't understand. Well, I'm going to tell you, you got to understand that he's saying that when you sow something in the kingdom, it's going to grow up bigger than anything you can imagine. They use it in mustard seed. And why would it grow up? Well, he said because, so they would, uh, some, uh, go back to 32, so uh, so it would grow great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadows of it. So you grow, you grow branches and produce fruit. And then the people that need help come under you. Like the fowls that need, you know, they need air. They may, they may need lodging. They're under you because you're so big because you already grew that big to, to help people. You don't grow so that you can go home and just be yourself. You grow so you can help. Okay, next. And with, and with many such parables spake he the word unto them, as they were able to hear it. Now, wait, don't go so fast. As they were able to hear it, and we in the past teachings we've understood that the, the interpretation for hear, the word hear, actually in the Greek or in, 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 in Hebrews, it means understand. So every, every time you see a word here, and, you know, draw underneath, understand. As, as they were able to understand it, okay? Well, we know that they had ears, they heard. People come to church and you hear, but not everybody leaves with understanding. Actually, some leave with not understanding, and the first thing out of their mouth when they get in the car, I didn't understand a thing he said, you know? So the, 
but the, the ones with the understanding are the ones that are going to come back hungry for more. All right, 34. But without a parable spoke he not unto them. So he, this is the way Jesus taught them. Remember, they were like, wait, what's, what's he talking about? They had to really understand. And when they were alone, he expounded things to his disciples. When you're alone with God, that's when he starts explaining to you what he meant. So that means that there's got to be some alone time that you spend with Jesus. You can't just get it all in a group. There's time when you're going to have to sit in a corner somewhere in your house and, get, and be alone and ask Jesus, what you actually meant by this and read it over again. What did you mean by this, you know? Hallelujah. Now let's turn to 2 Chronicles 26, 5 in the King James. 2 Chronicles 26, verse 5 in the King James. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. Underline that. Zechariah had understanding in the visions of God. That's very important. You need to get the understanding. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as what? He made him to prosper. In manifesting in abundance the kingdom way, you're going to have to do the things that the Bible tells you to do. So, and as long as you seek the Lord, he's going to make you to prosper. The minute you stop seeking the Lord... The prosperity will go away because he is the creator of your prosperity. He's talking about, and here he's talking about a young man, Uzziah. It was a 16-year-old at the time, and they made him king. And he reigned for 52 years. That's, that's the heart of Uzziah. He, he took a young man, 16 years old, that always sought God, and he made him to prosper. And he made him king. The Bible tells us that he was a loyal seeker of God. And a, a what? When, they, when people talk about you, that's what should come out of their mouth. He is a loyal seeker of God. That's what I know about this person, you know. And Zechariah was his pastor. Everybody say Zechariah. Was his pastor and his teacher. Are you with me? God always has pastors and teachers to teach his flock. Uzziah was always seeking God, but he was taught by a pastor and a teacher named Zechariah. Are you with me? As we move, as we move on to the next level on how to manifest in abundance, we now know that understanding is a must, right? Everybody know understanding is a must. Are you listening? So now Jesus will begin to teach us of another requirement. First requirement is what? First requirement is what? Everybody. Write that in your notes so you'll never forget. That's the first requirement. If you don't understand, you're not going to get the rest. Hallelujah. Are you ready uh, to take notes? Oh, wait. Single-mindedness, say single-mindedness, hmm. as a person becomes a, 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 a success, a successful harvester, now he must keep his finances involved in the business of the kingdom of God. So let me give you a, a warning. Everybody ready for a warning? 
We have to be careful when we, when we quote scriptures. We must fully understand because not understanding is very harmful. So you can't just quote scriptures out of context if you don't understand what you're saying. Because a lot of people use scriptures to fight you. They don't understand because they only pick one scripture. But you, you, you have to take one scripture and there's going to be several different books in the Bible, several verses that, conform, that, that open it up to you, not just one. You know, you could just take one and just say that, but it's harmful if you don't understand what you're saying. So always, always understand these scriptures, okay? Hallelujah. Let's turn to 1 John 2, verse 15 and 16. 1 John chapter 2, verse 5. All right. Love not the world. You heard Pastor Sandy teach on this, right? Love not the world. That means the system of this world. That don't mean don't love the people of this world. We love everyone, but don't love the system of this world. And 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 all and uh, it's in the King James. Let's see what I have it on my. No, in the in the Living Bible. Do you have the Living Bible? Do not love this world, the system of this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, the system of this world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Hmm. Hallelujah. Next verse. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. The systems of this world only offers craving for physical pleasure. A craving for everything that we see. John Austin used to tell me, don't buy everything your little bitty eyes see. Because that keeps you broke. And a lot of people, man, they want to buy everything they see. You know? The, everything. The pride, the pride in our achievement and possessions. This are not from the Father, but are from the world. So, so make a note of this. If you're thinking this way, then that's not from God. So don't do this, you know. Hallelujah. Misunderstanding that God wants us, you know, if, if some people say that, I used to hear this all the time in, in the past. Misunderstanding God wants you to be humble and poor and keep you from the wealth that God has for you. People think that Christians should be humble and poor. You know, they're out in the world creating all this, but, but when you tell them about, about church, oh, oh, they just want my money, you know. Thank God when I came into the church, I was broke, you know? So he couldn't want my money because I didn't have any. I didn't even have a car. The first car I got was a gift from John Osteen, his daughter's car, you know, she gave it to me. So, so I sure didn't go there looking for money. I mean, I, I mean, for them taking my money, I didn't have no money. I didn't have a car, you know? I had to understand everything that he taught me in order to create wealth. Hallelujah. Man. So, so don't ever listen to people that say that God wants you, you know, Christians ought to be humble. The pastor ought to be humble and broke. That's a lie of the devil. Hmm. It'll keep you from the wealth that Jesus has set up for you. Jesus told us that the seed growing into harvest proportions must continually grow upward. Everybody say upward. 
Your, your finances must continually grow upward when you attend a church that where they're teaching you the truth, gospel of Jesus Christ. If, you, if you've been in this church for five years and you're broke today, you haven't been listening or you haven't been understanding. And, then, and I don't believe there's no one here by that, that's, that's, that's poorer today than they were when they walked in. I believe I call each and everyone that's been here five years will tell you it, everything's gone upward since the first day they, they learned this. And a lot of them came in like me, broke. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It'll continue continue to grow up. In Mark 4, 32, it says, Mark 4, 32, underline it. But when it is sown, it grows where? Up. And becometh greater than all the earths. See? So, so just underline those words. When it's sown, it grows up. So every time, everything you're going to sow, since you've been sitting here, it's going to grow up. Every offering you sow is going to grow up. Every offering, whatever the amount was today, next year will be double. You know, it won't stay the same. It'll grow up. That's why I always say, if you don't have any money when you first come in, give a button. Take a button off your shirt, put it in a, an envelope. And in a couple of weeks from now, you'll have a, you'll have a new shirt. <laughs> Our blessings grow up and grow and keep growing to cover all our needs. We're like the birds under that big mustard seed. Cover all our needs. Hallelujah. You better be taking notes because I might call on you. (laughs) However, everybody say however. There's always a however. You know, I I like to teach the truth, but I also got to give you the the however. Beware. Write that on your notes. Beware. A lot of believers have have reached the point of receiving abundance because they really needed to obey God to receive his blessings. Then when the, when, when the promise of abundance starts coming, guess what happens to a lot of them? They foolishly turn their finances away from funding the gospel. Now they got money, man. Now they, they, they want to invest, you know. Now they want to, you know, like become professional, you know, people with finances, you know. And they begin once again looking for worldly schemes. You know, if you just bought this and sold this and, and invest here, you make this. You start listening to worldly advice again for their increase. Or they stop seeking the word of God. Let me give you, let me give you an example. This is a, a scenario, a scenario, okay? Don't, I'm not talking about anybody. It's just me thinking. <laughs> Some church members, okay, hear the pastor preach the word of God about finances, about giving, about receiving. And out of simple obedience, they begin to follow the, uh, the instructions, which soon lead to what? Soon leads them to experience God's promises of increase. Just because they obeyed. You know, they don't even know how it happens. But since the pastor told you that you should give and tie, then you hear the message. Well, you do it. Just obedience, okay? 
And all of a sudden, everything starts to grow until they, until they have what they need. Then all of a sudden, again, they begin to feel that their wealth has become too great to trust the advice of a mere pastor. See? Now I've got to go look for a professional now. Now I've got several thousand in the bank. Now my friends are telling me that I shouldn't just listen to the pastor, you know, and, and he just wants me to give, you know, that I, I have to invest, you know. Now, now they need a tax consultant, a financial planner, Hmm. Are you getting it? Maybe you haven't got there yet, but I'm warning you. So when you get there, don't start thinking that way, you know? I have to teach the truth, right? The whole truth. And because I'm your teacher and I've been through this, I was, I was once broke and then I became rich. How did it happen? By the advice of Pastor John Osteen, which advised me from the beginning. Now, once, I, once he advised me to the point where I had a company, my own company, it was called Partners in Paising. And the first thing, out of wisdom, I wrote this letter. And, and when I wrote it, I found it the other day in my, in my office. I thought, man, that was bold for me to do this. Out of nowhere. Now, I'm going to have a Courtney read it. You know, so you won't, I don't want anybody to think I'm being proud and arrogant and bragging, you know. I want to tell you the truth. This is actually, this is actually a truth. Read the date and everything, you know. that. January 5th, 1987. <laughs> Pastor John Osteen, Lakewood Church, P.O. Box... 23. Do you want me to read all that? <laughs> okay. Um, Dear Pastor Osteen, as you know, you have been my consultant over the years and have helped me tremendously in my business ventures. Actually, you have been like a father consulting a son. My company, Partners in Pacing, would like to ask you to be our official consultant in business matters. You have gained a lot of knowledge through your years of experience, and we want to draw upon your wisdom. The pay is insignificant, but we will pay you $50 per month as a token of our appreciation. Please let us hear from you soon. Sincerely yours, Jesse Gallardo. Okay, now here's the reply. Label, Lakewood Church logo. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Label, Lakewood Church Quote, an oasis of love in a troubled world. January 16th, 1987. To Jesse Gallardo, president of Partners in Pacing at 3700 Kingwood Drive, 18, number 1802, Houston, Texas, 77339. Dear Jesse, thank you so much for your letter of January 5th. I will count it a joy to accept the responsibility of acting as a consultant from time to time as the need arises. I will accept the $50 per month or $600 per year as payment for my consul consultation services. If you don't mind, please pay this yearly. Sincerely, John Osteen, pastor of Lakewood Church. That's, that's, that's what you do. I mean, if you ask her, how did you get to where you are, that's, 
That's the heart of, of a man that loves his leader, his pastor. And somebody asked me the other day, if it's okay if I go to, if I go, I like to visit churches. Is it okay if I visit uh, different churches at time to time? And I said, well, is it okay if you got married and you want to visit another woman once in a while? See, I'm bold, man. I don't play around. He looked at me like, oh, wow. I didn't, yeah. I mean, when I went to Lakewood Church, I gave my hand to the pastor. This is my home. I did not want to hear about nobody else. Man, you might be having great services here and there and everything. Uh -uh. If it wasn't that, that the men of God that he brought in, I wouldn't listen to nobody else because I, I was married to Lakewood Church, John Osteen, and, and the Lord Jesus Christ, and I was faithful. And that's where I learned everything. Because what happens, another danger when you visit place to place, we don't know what, you, what you're hearing. And you start comparing notes. That's exactly what, like, like man, you're married, you don't go experience someone else. You might be better than what you have, and then you divorce, you know? I mean, that's just, just take it for whatever, you know. <laughs> I'm teaching the truth and nothing but the truth to help me, God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I need to alert you because many, many believers start getting blessed. Then little, little by little, they begin to leave off tithing and giving until all they do is tip God. Because when you go to a tax consultant, the first thing he's going to do is you, you give 10% of your income. Are you crazy? See? Or, or a financial advisor, they don't, they don't, they, they might be lost as a goose, you know. They never heard of that. And then you do that, especially when you're making up in the thousands, you know. No, you don't want to listen to that. And some stop coming to church altogether. They got what they want, they think. Understand this the devil works in sneaky, very subtle ways. Sneaky, very subtle ways. He doesn't hit you over the head with it. By the time you realize that you're already deep into it and you didn't realize it because he works slowly into that. The director, you know, uh, he, he encourages them to direct their financial affairs or, or, or their friends, you know, or ask your friends. And guess what happens when they do that? Their life loses its upward focus. Their life starts down again. Understand this, God is your source. Keep that in mind. God is your source, not man. If God puts you there, then stay with God's advice and don't go out and look for man advice. If your financial, um, if 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 your finances ever lose their upward focus, they will also lose their divine empowerment. Did you hear that? Anything that's going up has divine power in it because only God can make it grow. We can't. God makes it grow. So never forget Mark 4.32 when Jesus said, when it is sown, it grows up. Understand that. It grows up. Everybody say it grows up. When your finances start to grow down, you better quickly get with your pastor and pray about it and let's see what's happening. Don't let it go any further down. Something went wrong because when it's sown, it has to grow up. Hallelujah. Remember Jesus cursed the fig tree. 
because it was not producing fruit. Or in, in, it wasn't growing up, so he cursed it. God expects everything that he sows to grow up. Are you listening? Never forget this. The, the financial plan that grows into full harvest proportions is the one that continually grows upward. The kingdom of God's plan never gets out of focus with God's purpose. So what's God's purpose? Hmm. Turn to Deuteronomy 8, 18 in the King James. Deuteronomy 8, 18 in the King James. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he. Underline that. It is he that giveth you power to get wealth. It's he. No man gave you power to get wealth. He did. But the pastor, the man of God that's training you is putting you in the direction, is pointing you in the direction of him all the time. And that's the key. That's why you counsel with them because they're not going to mislead you away from he. For it is he that gives you the power to get wealth. Why? So that you may establish his covenant which he swore unto his fathers as it is this day. He has a purpose for you to be wealthy. Because we are the ones that finance the kingdom of God, the return, evangelisms. Hmm. That he may be established his covenant. Wow. Here's my message for us. Are you ready? Let not worry about the missing out on life. Let's not worry about the missing out on life. The world offers us. You might, no, man, it's, it's fun out there. No, you don't worry about that. Don't, don't miss that. As long as you and I fulfill God's purpose in our giving, God will lose abundance into our hands. If you believe me, say amen. amen. Say amen again. Amen. God will loosen it into you. See, just keep thanking him because he's not a man that he will lie. He's telling you that. Most of you have heard that, that I taught a class several years ago called God's Stewards, right? Who's heard that? Some of you, well, haven't been around too long, but I, I used to have a class called God's Stewards. What, how long ago? 2005? And we had every Thursday men, you know, I guess there men and women came to God's Stewards. That's all I taught them, how to be a steward, okay? I got it fresh out of God's Word. When you understand what a steward is and ask God to reveal that position to you, and he does, then you will see money in a different light. Because now you become a steward of God's finances. And if he can make you a steward of his finances, man, you can bet your finances are going to grow because you are keeping his finances. In Matthew 25, 14 to 40, 14, 4 to 6, Jesus tells us how he will bless his trustworthy stewards. Hmm. The faithfulness of a steward in his financial matters will cause him to increase his belongings. So let's read it. You ready? Matthew 25, 14 to 46. In the NLT. NLT. Wow, we got a lot of word here. <laughs> 
Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He could together he he called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, their master returned from the trip and called them to give account of how they had used their money, his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted in five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The, mas the, the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this a small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver, so I invest and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I know you are a harsh man. Invest in crops you don't plant and gathering crops you don't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I, I, invested, I, I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take this money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. Those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do not, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into the darkness where he will be weeping and gushing and, and snatching of teeth. Wow. Hmm. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and the angels with him, and he will upon his glorious throne, all the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will celebrate the people as the shepherd celebrates the, the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right hand and goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom I prepared for you from the creation of the world. That be us. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then those righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or, or thirsty, or gave you something to drink. Or a stranger uh, showed you hospitality, or naked and gave you clothing. When did we ever see you sick, or in prison, or visit you? 
And the king will say, I'll tell you the truth. When you do it into one of my least of his brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. Then the king will turn unto those on, on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into your eternal, into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever do hungry? When did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger naked and sick in prison and did not help you? And he will answer, I'll tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of this of my brothers and sisters, you're refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Hmm. Hallelujah. Great words from our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. Hmm. Wow, wow, wow. Did you get it? Hmm. Meditate on it. They're small, you know. Man, the least will turn into big. Concentrate on that. The small will turn into great. Get this word in you so you know exactly what God expects from us to do. Hallelujah. Are you getting it? The message here is the faithful stewards who constantly focus their attention on funding the end. Question here. Who wants to come into superabundance in 2023? Commit to be a faithful shepherd of God's finances. Like you're a steward of his. Everything that comes in your hands, so that's God's finances. I got to take care of it. Because he might want me to give here or give there or give it all. Whatever he tells me, I'll do. But then you have to learn the Holy Spirit's voice in you. That's why you have to come and grow, grow inside, grow in a relationship with the Spirit so that you can hear His voice and know that when you're doing something, you're doing it because you heard it in, in your belly from God. You didn't, it's not a head thing. And it's not a pride thing. But it's an obedient thing. Commit to be a faithful steward of God's finances and invest in the end-time harvest. And this plan of seed time and harvest will not let you down if you don't let it down. You do it like that, seed time and harvest, it will never let you down. So don't let it down. Commit to constantly give to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he, said he, will constantly give you an abundant harvest. So as I wrap this uh, study in manifesting abundance, I would like to finish the study with one more important thing. Everybody say one more important thing. <laughs> Everybody wonder, where's he going now? <laughs> you must understand, if God is going to open the floodgates of blessings on you, you must understand. Say, I must understand. 
the importance of your pastors and your teachers. The office of pastor and teachers are greatly misunderstood. Most church members don't, uh, don't, don't place proper importance on their, on their words. Not here, but uh, because we teach you well. Please listen closely. The benefits of a pastor and teacher have a special long-term, say long-term, benefit. Don't ever take the words of a pastor as a suggestion, which you can choose to do or not to do. Your attitude towards the man or woman of God is key to your success. Write that down. The Word of God says that your pastor will be present when you, with you on that most important day of your life. He or she will stand with you in the judgment. Did you know that? That's how important your pastors are? Put Hebrews 13, 17 uh, in the Living Bible. Hebrews 13, 17 in the Living Bible. Okay, your spiritual leaders, um, obey, okay. obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are in, accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. They will certainly not be for, for your benefit. In the, in, the living, in the living Bible, it says, okay, your spiritual leaders, um, obey your spiritual leaders and be willing to do what they say. For their work is to wash over your souls, and God will judge them on how well they do this. Give them reason to, to report joyfully about you to the Lord and not, and not with, someone, with sorrow. For then you will suffer a great loss. Hallelujah. So let me, let me, uh, let me read it in a Moffat. Do you have the Moffat's translation? No? Okay. Let me read it in the Moffat's translation. Are you ready? Obey your leaders, submit to them, for they are alive, uh, for they are alive to the interest of your souls. As man or woman who will have to account for their trust, let their work be a joy to them and not a grief, which will be a loss to yourselves. Mark 4.32 says it begins, uh, it begins to tell us of the relationship Jesus had with his disciples. It says, and with many such parables, he spoke to the word, the word into them, and they were able to hear it or understand it. Jesus set the pace of his, of his teachings by their ability to understand him. As they were able to understand it. Are you getting it? Our pastors will be very careful about the feeding and activities of their church members. They will not allow just anyone to minister to them, to their congregation. They will allow only those who have God's word for their church. Can you say glory? That's what Mark 4.34 says, but without parables speak he not unto them. A second level of this, uh, 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 you know, the second level of teachings, the first level, regular people continue Mark 34. 
Jesus expounds all things to his disciples. Second level, the leaders, private teaching to explain. In those private sessions, Jesus compares the parables that he took from, from uh, the natural realm with the spiritual realm. Spiritual truths represent. Hallelujah. So in closing with this, let me raise, let me, let me raise our hands to God and thank him for his church and his pastors. Hallelujah. For their wisdom. Thank you, Jesus. For giving them, for blessing us with more. Hallelujah. Hmm. Thank you, my Father. Mm-mm-mm. The Holy Ghost is putting something in me right now. Can you just, uh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for our pastors. Everybody just raise your hands up. Say, thank you, Father, for our pastors. For their wisdom is given them and for blessing with more, us with more. His pastors are doing exactly what Jesus taught. Jesus is our example. He's our shepherd. He's our teacher. He's our counselor. He wants, he wants his under-shepherds under to teach his flock, to have faith. And to speak the proper confessions. And when the storm arises, the pastor simply rise, comforts their chief. They live and teach according to the word. 